It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment today. Hopefully he'll be back on Monday, but we'll see. We'll be giving you updates on that. We're hearing mm-hmm. that he is in Arizona trying to count votes. <laughs> He's going to take no. off his shoes. He's going to, you know, <laughs> provide a couple of extra hands for people in Arizona to count on. He should. He could be there then for a while. Yeah, yeah. It does kind of look like the way things are shaping up, though, in the Senate races. You know, in Nevada, it looks like uh, Laxalt is way too far behind now to catch up. Uh, in Arizona, uh, Blake Masters has gone. So it sort of seems like the Georgia runoff has has become almost a moot yeah. point. I mean, if it's already a fifty fifty Senate, then what does it matter? You know, right? It, it doesn't. It, it's just. It's like well. Or, I'm sorry, at best it would be a 50-50 Senate. What did, did a bunch of votes come in on the Laxalt thing? Yeah, and, and apparently there Because I went to bed I, last night I, and he was ahead. Yeah, I have not seen anybody declare it, but the question is, are there enough votes out left to make sure that he can win? And uh, I, I don't know if that's the case. It just it seems like, like... one percentage point ahead when I went to bed last yeah, night. Yeah. That I was mean, the latest anyway. You know, as it stands still, I mean, it, it, he is uh, uh, about 9,000 votes ahead. It's mm-hmm. 49-48 over Catherine Cortez uh, Mastro, but people who are familiar with uh, Nevada politics more than I am uh, are saying, yeah, what, what's left out there does not seem to be all that beneficial to the Republicans. So that, well, on, you know, on, on, on the other hand, Kerry Lake, yeah. it seems the votes, votes that are out there are going to be beneficial right. in, to in Arizona, yeah. In Arizona, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Nothing's yeah. said and done, but, uh, you know, the, the, the AP has not called Nevada yet, so we'll see what happens uh, moving forward. But it, it doesn't look good, and uh, okay, well, there you go. And I think that's one of the reasons why one of the big topics of conversation right now is Trump versus DeSantis. And I, I will say, as a guy who voted for Donald Trump, who supported Donald Trump, uh, I'm just I'm, – I'm, I'm bummed out watching this. I well, really some, am. Uh, and I agree with you. And you were sent, you sent this out last night, and I saw it and went, this is in- insane. Well, yeah, what I is mean, going on here? Yeah, he's going um, after Ron DeSantis. And, and the thing is, like, Ron DeSantis didn't do anything. He didn't say anything. He just won by a lot and got praised by a lot of people. And Donald Trump got jealous. I mean, well, that, I, that's all right. it is. And I've heard that people say that, you know, Donald Trump's a counterpuncher. Counterpunch it at what? There, there was no counterpunch. There no, has to be a punch no. thrown. There wasn't any. Right. And, and I mean, you've got DeSantis right now dealing with another hurricane. Yeah. And that's what he was doing. He wasn't throwing stones at Donald Trump. Yeah. So, yeah, Trump puts out a statement last night, long statement, saying uh, News Corp, which is Fox, The Wall Street Journal, and the no longer great New York Post is all in for Governor Ron DeSanctimonious, uh, an average Republican governor with great PR. 
he also claimed that uh, uh, DeSantis shut down Florida when other Republican governors didn't. Uh, that That's a little bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said the only reason people move to Florida uh, is because of sunshine. It doesn't matter who the governor is. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. dude. Yeah, I think know, there's a whole lot of transplanted Californians who would disagree. Yeah. Now, now there are... Some who say there are things going on behind the scenes. DeSantis's camp is putting out briefings to the media to try to stir this up a little bit more, to try to, to, try to discredit Trump heading in. Maybe that's true. I don't know. But all I know is that it's, it's kind of like the rule in football, right? The, the refs aren't going to uh, – the refs only throw the flag on the retaliation. <laughs> Not, right. So, right. No, that's true. And, and yeah. so you got to you got to be cognizant of that if you're Donald Trump. And then him going after Glenn Youngkin, the governor of Virginia, again, saying that uh, what spelling it young and then space kin, and then yeah. says that's an interesting take. It sounds like yeah. he's Chinese. What? I, 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 this is just this is unhinged. It's so disappointing too. So, well, and the thing is, I'm you know, and I'm, I'm certainly not going to back away from the fact that I voted for him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and if it were between he and Joe Biden, I'd vote for him again. Yeah. Uh, but all that being said, Ron DeSantis did what no one else has done before in a remarkable fashion in Florida. Yeah. And should be uh, hailed as the next savior of the party. Yeah. I mean, and, and Trump's always uh, has also alluded to the fact that he's got dirt on him. Yeah. He's alluded to it. He hasn't thrown any real cars on the table yet, yeah, he but he's got that. some oppo, he said. What so it, we'll see. What this reminds me of a little bit, because the backlash to it has been interesting, including from some people who are absolutely ride-or-die Trump Republicans. Not all of them, and I don't know what the percentage would be. Uh-huh. But some writers who are just all in on Donald Trump are saying, hey, man, that's our governor, you know, in Florida especially. Hey, what are you doing, man? I mean, this guy delivered a win the likes of which have not been seen since Reconstruction. Okay, that that's huge. That is a big deal, and oh, there's yeah. no reason to be doing this right now just because you feel jealous. Um, and, and, and to me, what it reminds me of is during the primary in 2015, you know, Donald Trump's throwing haymakers towards everybody, right? It's like Jeb Bush says something mean about him, and he comes back 10 times harder, right? But there was one moment... Maybe this was later in 2016, I guess. And he started going after Dr. Ben Carson, who I don't think he's capable of being mean. But there had been a bunch of liberal media types trying to tank this guy talking about, oh, he lied about uh, uh, about his troubled past or whatever. you know. And remember, Donald Trump did this big speech about how, oh, he hit his friend with a hammer and he starts going after this guy. And that was about the only time during the primary that Trump started losing support in the polling from Republican voters. And the reason wasn't because all these Republican voters are all in on Ben Carson. It wasn't that. It was just it was so unnecessary mm-hmm. that it didn't feel like the fighter counterpuncher. It really did just it, it was just unnecessary. Why are you doing this? You know, Ben Carson didn't do anything. Uh, just. Come on, man, settle down a little bit. And then he backed off of that. So we'll see if he backs off of this. The thing that is frustrating to me is that this also takes up so much oxygen away from what's happening in, as the dust settles on the midterm elections. And Donald Trump is feeding absolutely into what media wants, which is they want to destroy Ron DeSantis. They want oh, yeah. to. It's not just Trump. They feel like they've already destroyed Trump. They want to destroy Ron DeSantis with him as well 
and he may help them do that. I did. Did you see this crazy TV show? It's called The Good Fight. I guess it just ended. They just aired their last episode. They brought Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump into the mix, in the, and I guess this is the last episode. This is a legal drama. And in the episode, they've got a guy come in who accuses Ron DeSantis of sexually assaulting him. This is just unreal, but listen to this. I offered my political services to Governor DeSantis. He saw me in my bicycle shorts, worn purely for medical reasons. And he invited me onto his staff. Little did I know what he meant by staff. Oh, my God. God. Yes, Diane. Ron invited me to CPAC so I could work on his speech. And then, and there, he drugged me and forced me into oral sex. Do you have any witnesses? No, I have better. I have a stain. No joke, brings out a shirt that says Florida is for lovers, and it's got this big (laughs) stain on it. It's one of the most ridiculous things ever. This is a TV show? Yeah. And and then they they find out the guy's been lying about it, and then it turns into a slam on Donald Trump. What are you talking about? Ron DeSantis is going to win unless you use this. A lie? Yes, a lie. What does it matter? You want this because you hate DeSantis. I want this because it puts Trump ahead in the polling. Win-win. Well, this has been a waste of a day. And I, I know that obviously this show did not have, you know, the, the benefit of a couple of statements from Donald Trump talking about Ron DeSantis, but this is exactly the attitude that Trump is starting to feed now with this. Because you notice what they did in this show, which is fictional, I understand that, and everybody should understand that. Nobody's accusing Ron DeSantis of sexual assault. No. Um, but what they do is they seed the thought that Ron DeSantis is this horrible human being while also saying all Trump supporters are crazy. And Trump is feeding into that. And that's not good for anybody, especially with what we've seen over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. You don't need that. And I, I'm, it's like I'm not mad at Trump. Trump can do what he wants to do. He doesn't listen to me. I understand that. But I, I, I just wish that he wouldn't go out like this. I, I, I wish you'd just wait for the primary. Let the primary be, you know, as brutal as possible. I'm fine with that. That That's your right. If you're running for president, you should try to win it. But, man, I am so I'm, – I'm just – I'm bummed out. That's what I'll say. I'm just yeah. – I'm disappointed. Right. I'm bummed. Yeah, and, I mean, there are those that – and I've uh, – several have contacted me telling me they think this is just all a show. It could be. That this is ultimately pulling the wool over the eyes of an eager media to report things, and that's what's going on. And at the end of the day, Trump will. I mean, wouldn't it be wild if he makes this announcement he's been talking about what yeah. next Tuesday? If if he does it and endorses Ron DeSantis, and then I I would be thrilled. I mean, honestly, I, I I would be like, like okay, okay yeah, remember all that stuff I said? Yeah, you idiots lapped it up. Yeah. So here we go. I, you know, I nothing would make me happier. Yeah. Than that. Than saying, hey, look, we're going to make sure this guy gets into the White House, okay? I'm right. going to be over here. Now that I have your attention. Right. I, I, I would love that. Because ordinarily you don't have that kind of media attention, but there will be for this this announcement. Big that's time. true. Yeah. Uh, all right. We got a lot more to get to today, of course. It's not going to be all about this. Uh, uh, we got 
um, a protester howling at Joe Biden at this big green weenie conference in Egypt. You mean like howling, howling, like howling, howling? Oh my! This is crazy. All right, we'll get to that so much more. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jimmy Markley's on special assignment today. Well, Joe Biden's in Egypt at the big green weenie climate conference, Scott. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Uh, talking about committing billions of more dollars to fighting climate change abroad and all this stuff. Because apparently if we just pour enough money mm-hmm. into it, we can control the weather. Well, he's an asset. I mean, he's already said he's going to stop fossil fuels. He said that on the campaign trail. <laughs> well, he right? said that again today. Yeah. He was saying, yeah, we're going to put down coal production. We're going to do all these things. And I'm yeah. just like, okay, well... Here we are. The, the, you think, you'd think that the Green Weenie contingency would stand and applaud. No, well, they're, you know, it's never enough for them, though, because that's no. the thing with doomsday cultists. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying everybody who is an environmentalist is a doomsday cultist. I'm just saying there are many doomsday cultists in the environmentalist nut job movement. We have an example of that, don't we? Yeah, we do. So uh, protesters howled at Joe Biden today howled howled at him actually here we go okay this is new I came to the presidency determined to be trans make the transfer formula transformational okay. changes that are needed that, near, that america needs to make and we have to do for the rest of the world to overcome decades of opposition and obstacles of progress in this issue alone to reestablish the united states as a trustworthy committed global leader on climate as I stand here before you, we've taken enormous strides to achieve that. But I don't stand here alone. I, I, will, I will say this, uh, a rare moment where I'll give Joe credit there, because he just he looked, that was one of the most human moments I've ever seen out of Joe Biden, because when that happened, he just, it actually explained why he looked lost and confused. Because mm-hmm. somebody's howling at him. From the crowd. Either that well, or Ric Flair's there. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. It was good to know, too, that the furry contingency made it. <laughs> well, you know, Beto's got to do something. He's not going to be right. governor. So yeah. <laughs> he's he's dressed up in a monkey suit protesting oh, Joe Biden at the, uh, at the Green Weenie Conference. Or oh, is that the squad? Did he haul them with him? I don't no, know. No. Well, so we'll, we'll keep updated on that. Uh, also, he talked about the Inflation Reduction Act, which, again, the mask is off. This doesn't reduce inflation. We knew that. It, no, nobody was actually saying that it would, uh, except for people who were shamelessly lying. It, it was a big green weenie bill. That's what it was. It subsidizes green energy while punishing fossil fuel companies. Yep. That was the goal of this thing. And he talked about how great it was, and boy, he hopped on the uh, struggle bus. And I hope the struggle bus is one of those electric buses that Kamala Harris <laughs> doesn't is so make a noise. Keen on, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Right. It includes less than I asked for, but a significant amount—three hundred and sixty-eight billion dollars—to support clean electric, clean electric electricity. Everything from onshore, offshore wind to, to distributed solar, yeah. zero emissions vehicles. Yeah, it's that onshore, offshore wind. <laughs> oh, gosh. And dang. that's, I mean, and that is how you get the state of Pennsylvania to vote for John Fetterman right there, everybody. Because <laughs> John Fetterman and his stroke addled state actually sounds fairly presidential, doesn't he? It's like Bugs Bunny dancing across the stage with a cane at the end. <laughs> Gosh. 
Absolutely. Uh, meanwhile, some good news to report here. The L.A. Times is now reporting that the Customs and Border Patrol Commissioner, Chris Magnus, is getting the boot. Apparently, really? he's, he's been told by uh, DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas uh, to resign or get fired. And according to the L.A. Times, he has no intention of resigning. So he'll, he'll, he'll just okay, have to take him. the L. Yeah. Um, so Chris Magnus, by the way, is the guy who has, in part, overseen the worst border crisis in American history. And then, while in El Paso, said there was no chaos. Remember that? This was a, a few weeks ago. And here, here, this is what this guy actually said with a straight face. Congress really needs to take action. But I think uh, people across the country should know that it's not chaos here. It's not chaos at the border. And what it, is chaos? Though? As you pointed out, Scott, it, it's not like we're going on somebody's word for it. We've seen no. the videos. Yeah, everybody has. Yeah. We, we've seen the Over impact. and over again. Right. right. I mean, it's like double, if it, lion it, eyes, baby. Yeah. If it's not chaos, then how are there so many migrants that they're getting bused to Chicago and New York, and New York is declaring a state of emergency? Over yeah, what's going on here? If it's not chaotic, then I, I, I don't know what your definition of chaos is if no. you don't think that's chaotic. So, well, you know, we've asked several times on this show, and you've asked, Scott, in particular— how many what do you have to do how many failures do you have to pick up before you get fired uh, and it, apparently he is getting fired well gee undeserved <laughs> i mean it's a disaster yeah everybody knows it yeah, yeah. so they're gonna when's my orchestra going to at least admit there's a problem right and, and they have to do this now after the midterms they couldn't do it before the midterms because that would be acknowledging that there was actually a problem failure yeah. So I, I think the smart money is on. It's not just going to be this guy. It's going to be a lot of others who wind up uh, <clears throat> resigning to spend more time with their family, right? Mm-hmm. Or doing, you know, or or just getting the boot. I I think now that the midterms are over, they can actually just tell the truth, and maybe at some point we'll learn more about Paul Pelosi. I don't know. But that story went away, though. That's it gone. really did. Just kind of disappeared. Yeah, just kind of evaporated there, didn't it? Some stories that just have a shelf life of like forty-eight hours, and yeah. they're gone. <laughs> you know, yeah, yep. attack on the speaker of the house's yeah. husband. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know nothing really made sense about that whole thing, but whatever. Shut up. <laughs> You're done voting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're, we're 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 just going to campaign on that and call it a day. That's Meanwhile, it. the big question has been after the weird midterms. Good for Republicans in some places, good for Democrats in others. Did, did democracy survive or not? Because they were making that argument. We'll, we'll see what they have to say next. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment today. And teach uh, elections officials in Arizona how to count. Well, that's good. Uh, the Democrats, you know, they're not going to let this democracy is dying narrative go, Scott. And part of that's because they think it worked for them in the midterms. You know, this whole thing of Joe Biden going out there and saying that these mega, mega, ultra, whatever Republicans are going to try to steal democracy and enter us into an age of authoritarianism. You know, I was thinking about this today, and you're absolutely right, uh, because the mega, 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 mega thing still exists, right? Yeah. It's 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 implanted in people's brains, and they can't. Donald Trump is still rattling around in their head, and and I was talking to a friend of mine last night. I said, "Well, can you imagine? I mean, this thing is the depth of this now, this mental illness that exists yeah. in this country right now, going through the drive-through. 
Uh, welcome to McDonald's. Yeah, could I have a quarter pounder, large freeze, mega, mega, uh, with 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 a, with a large diet coke? You know, it just it, it, it just comes flying out of their mouth. Yeah, they, right. they can't help themselves. Yeah, but right. go ahead, David. I'd like I'm to sorry. have a big mega. I mean, mega. Yeah, I mean, mega. mega. I got, I got, and some insurrection <laughs> fries. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. Th- this is what Democrats are going to do. They're going. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't even matter if Donald Trump were to decide not to run for president again. Or if he loses in the primary, they're still going to go after it because no, they, think I, I they, know. they think they found an angle that they can win with, which is to call everyone they disagree with fascists. Sir, what's your birthday? January 6th! Ah! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, uh, you got former Obama campaign manager David Pluff on MSNBC talking about this a little bit and giving a preview because the big question I know I had was, you know, after the midterms, because Democrats did well in some places, Republicans did well in others. Uh, so when you're telling us that we had, you know, a week to save democracy, right. was democracy saved or is this like a life support situation? Is it is it John Fettermaning its way through existence right now? I'm not really sure. Uh, but uh, anyway, here's what David Pluff had to say. All right. You know, I think Democrats should be careful about taking too many victory laps. We should feel really, really good about the outcome. Um, largely, I think, because democracy is one step closer to now being saved. We've got to get through 24. You're that confident? Uh, y- yes, I think. Well, we'll if we're a democracy on January 21st. 2025, yeah, we've made it. I love how the host is like, yeah, you, you're that confident that democracy is one step closer to being saved? What, what does that even mean? I mean, especially it's rich coming from the party that wants to pack the Supreme Court that is actively now floating the idea of expanding the number of representatives in the House of Representatives. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. I know. So, so the very people who want oh, and don't forget about the electoral college, they want to see that thing gone. Oh yeah. So everything that makes our country what it is, they want to do away with, and yet they say that they're trying to save democracy with it. I mean, good luck selling that. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think again, you look at, and I know, I know, because you always will have some liberals saying, "When your popular vote doesn't matter in the House rep races." I understand. I get it. I understand. Calm down. Untwist a little bit. I understand. But I'm <laughs> saying, when you're plotting a course ahead, Democrats really need to think for a second because I think when the dust settles on this, the popular vote for Republicans will outpace Democrats by about five or six percent, maybe as high as seven. So there is no mandate for the Democratic Party. There were a lot of people who said no to people like Doug Mastriano. Uh, we'll see what happens with Lauren Boebert in, Cal- in Colorado. I mean, there's, there, there are. Uh, but, but overall, when you just look at it and look at it as a data point, uh, the popular vote would show that you're, the Democrats are not running away with the message right now. No. So... That's all I would say right now. And so that's why I think the Democrats are going to be focusing on democracies at risk. Ah, January 6th. They're going to be talking about January 6th in, in 2024. Right. I mean, that's what it'll all come down to, regardless of who the Republican nominee is. They're going to try to make everybody look like an insurrectionist. Ah. That's right. But you know what we really have to worry about, Scott? What's that? Uh, carbonation. 
That's carbonation. Carbonation, like in your soda. Uh, Joe Why is Biden, that? Joe Biden was speaking at the uh, big climate conference okay. in Egypt. Uh, hopped on the struggle bus yet again. We're going to help. It'll help make the transition to a low-carbon future more affordable for everyone. Accelerate the carbonation beyond our borders. Yeah, we need to accelerate. We need to make sure that Mexico is, is more flat. Okay, that's, that's what we got to do. Decarbonation instead of decarbonization. But that's par for the course here. So we have a little bit more of that to get to a little bit later on. Uh, meanwhile, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wants you to know something, Scott. She's not an What's extremist. That? Yes, she is. No, no, she's not. No, she is. Uh, she did an interview with CNN's Chris Wallace, who asked her about how so many people want the extremes on both sides to just sort of calm down. Let's at least just focus on policies and not talk about, you know, communism and whatnot. Hang on a second. Yeah. What did you say? Where's Chris Wallace? He's at CNN. In his garage? <laughs> no, I, oh, he, so he's still hanging around, huh? Yeah, okay. he is. All right. Yeah, I'm, okay. I just wanted to catch that real quick. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the angry duckling lives he's, to he's lives on another day. He's <laughs> got AOC <laughs> on. Yeah, Only the A-listers on that show. Absolutely. Anyway, here's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I think a lot of people in this country may say yes, but it's important for us to dig into the substance of what that actually means. Um, as someone who is often, uh, I think, characterized as extreme, I, of course, would object to that. I do not believe that I am as extreme uh, in the way that Marjorie Taylor Greene on the Republican side is extreme. The idea that there is an equating of believing in someone who believes in guaranteed universal health care in the United States with someone who believes that undocumented people should incur physical harm uh, are somehow in the same level of extreme is something that I would object to. The, the difference here is that AOC actually has a lot of influence in the party and in the media. Mm -hmm. And most of us kind of hear, and, and the polling will, will bear this out, most Americans who know who Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez don't like her very much because she is too extreme. Well, she's unlikable, too. She's the Green New I mean, Deal lady yeah, who right. is talking about, I don't know, plugging cow butts to try to get farts out of the atmosphere. I mean, right. there, there's a lot of things that people read about her that let them know that she is very extreme. And Marjorie Taylor Greene is kind of a, a Internet troll come to life. I mean, she's got some things that I totally agree with and some things I think are a little bit loony. But at the end of the day... Mm -hmm. It's she does not have the kind of power that AOC has amassed. And on no. The, and on the policy front, you know, I think that's the difference. It's it, it, to me, the difference is the personality versus the policies, because if you actually look at what Marjorie Taylor Greene has supported, it's not all that extreme. And in fact, you know, 20 years ago, it would have been considered uh, fairly middle of the road, like supporting not letting kids get sex changes. Right. That's actually a pretty mainstream idea. Mm -hmm. That's not an extreme idea. AOC believes that that should be allowed, that you should be able to look at a depressed 12-year-old and say, yeah, chop off your breasts. So on that one one issue alone, yeah. if I were to say, which one's more extreme? It, it's the Who one do you think to... wins that? Right. I, if you were just to ask, yeah. ask it in that way. Don't use the lefty no, verbiage. No, and, of... and use the names. Don't even use right. the names. 
Just say, Just do you, pose the question. Yeah. Do you think that a healthy 12-year-old girl should have a double mastectomy? Mm-hmm. Is, is that okay with you? Yeah. And most people would say no. Uh, you know, Without again, any medical reason. Right, that's, that's what I mean. You yeah, know, a healthy there's no, person. There's right. No no, no, nothing else going on here. Person is completely yeah. healthy. Yep. Yes. Uh, now tell me you, which one. You have to pick one. Who's more extreme? Yeah. Guess what, AOC? And by the way, David, I know you're criticizing her, and that's only because you want to date her. Well, yeah, obviously. We know that. Every guy who criticizes her only because he can't date her. Yeah, but, you know, she's been, I, I think she's, she's, uh, she's been uh, called for by Elon Musk. So I, <laughs> I'm not getting in the middle of that one because I know she's obsessed with Elon Musk. Oh, my gosh. So I. <laughs> He's replaced Donald Trump. Yeah, in some people's <laughs> minds. Yeah. The most fascinating thing, just to get on a bit of a tangent, is the battle over Twitter right now. Yeah. Because right now, and I know the vast majority of Americans are not on Twitter. This no. is one of the reasons why, you know, I I tend to be a little bit more skeptical about the possibility of, of Elon Musk, you know, somehow saving America by saving Twitter. I, I Again, I, I don't know. I think the big message to me is that newsrooms ought to stop using Twitter as their assignment editors. Okay, what, what, what's popular on Twitter is not real life. This is period. something you've been saying for quite some time, by the way. Um, but the funny thing is, there's this thing going on. If you're not on Twitter, there's if you are a verified account, generally meaning you've proven who you are, and Twitter has decided to graciously give you this this little badge. It's just this blue check that says, "Yes, I am a a verified Twitter user." And it was handed out kind of helter skelter in the past. Some people actually bribed Twitter employees to get it to the tune of like ten to fifteen thousand dollars. Jeez. Which is insane to me. But it was a status symbol for a lot of people. Um, not everybody, but for a lot of people. And now Elon Musk has decided to sell them up front, saying, hey, you sign up for, t- uh, for Twitter Blue, and you get, for $8 a month, you get your little verification patch. Well, of course, online trolls are buying them and then posing as, like, Jesus Christ, posing as George W. Bush. I think there was one person who started a George W. Bush account and said, to be honest, I miss killing Iraqis. I mean, mm-hmm. it's all sorts of stuff that's out there. And, and, and the people in media are freaking out because they're like, this is disinformation. When the rest of us normal people who don't live online just kind of look at all that and say, well, yeah, of course, people on the Internet are going to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think what is really happening is media types are telling on themselves for trusting everything that's on Twitter, which is actually humiliating for them. If they say, well, I thought that was actually Campbell's soup brand talking about Hitler. Well, then you're an idiot. <laughs> That's on you to figure that out. And I know, can you, can, you, can you tweak it and all that stuff? Sure you can. You can figure out the, uh, what all the warts are, and I think Elon Musk will get around to that. But, you know, the fact that this is such a huge story in modern media, national media, is funny to me mm-hmm. because they are so dependent on that stupid app that they don't know what to do without it. <laughs> it is so embarrassing watching this. And I, if nothing else, I love the show that it's become now. And I'm grateful for Elon Musk for getting that done. I think, you know, it, it's just, it, it is very entertaining watching this all go down. Oh, yeah, and the meltdowns and the stompy foot. I'm not going to be on Twitter right. anymore. And then like 10 minutes later, you're back on Twitter. Yeah, right. because you're addicted to it. It's, right. You, yeah. you are. That's Twitter yeah. was designed to be addictive. Yeah. Yeah, slam that right into your veins. Yeah. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, I don't know if you knew this, Scott, but the lottery is racist. 
I knew that. Yeah. Have you heard that? All right. Well, of course. Everything we'll, is. We'll try to yeah. make heads or tails of that coming up. And a man, well, he, he went full Jeffrey Tubin during the airline flight. Hmm. We'll get to that next. The Markley Van Camp is on the show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jimmy Markley's on special assignment. I regret to inform you, Scott. Yes, what do you something got? Something very horrible. What's happening? So, you know, you David? got like what's a wrong? Two, $2 billion dollar, whatever lotto, mega millions, whatever it was. Yes, that was out. Yeah, it was. Yeah, turned yeah, one out winner. Person, by the way, yeah, the person who wanted uh, was partaking in white supremacy because the lottery is racist. The lottery is racist. The now, lottery is racist. Yeah, CNN told me this. Does this have anything, anything at all, to do with white ping pong balls? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, so tell me why the lottery is, in fact, because they don't discriminate by yeah. color. You got the dough. You can play, right? Right. Yeah. Researchers. <laughs> researchers, go. experts. Yeah. Uh, they told CNN that despite the extremely low chance of winning, state lotteries still aggressively market the lottery and sell tickets to low-income communities at higher rates, thus misleading Americans to believe it will help them quickly generate wealth. Y- well, I mean, they market it to everybody. Yeah. Uh, that, that, yes. <laughs> and I, I play every once in a while, and I definitely say it's my idiot tax because right. I know that I'm not right. going to win. Yeah, but you do it anyway. Do it anyway because there's a light chance. Yeah, that, right. It's there. <laughs> it's there. Uh, now, these communities, though, are disproportionately made up of black and brown people. Critics say the consequence is that marginalized people will be driven into deeper debt by a system that is transferring wealth out of their communities. Well, you know what? Good luck getting it stopped on based on that. Yeah, Good I, luck. I, I actually, States wallow in the money they make on these things. Are you kidding me? Right. It's never going to stop. Honestly, and I, I mean this honestly, how many people, is there a huge percentage of people who buy lottery tickets who are going into massive debt? To buy a ticket? To buy tickets. No, they may skip some other things in order to buy tickets. Right. But, I mean, there are knuckleheads who will spend $100 every time. Yeah, but, but you're also you know. not. I mean, I. I but they, I can't legislate behavior. You can't right. do that. Right. And, and one thing they did, and I, and I generally like this in, in many places, uh, this is the law that you cannot buy a lottery ticket with a credit card. Right. Which I, I think that's fair. That's because you don't want to, you know, because then you might actually have people. Who are racking up their credit card debt, right. buying this stuff? But I, I just don't understand how how many people are like going and taking out loans to go buy or getting high interest uh, cash back in order to buy lottery tickets. That well, can't be that widespread, relatively here's the, speaking. Here's the thing, too: if you use a debit card, which everybody does now, to buy anything, mm-hmm. um, it says debit credit. Yeah. And that's the button you push. They don't know, but they can't differentiate between credit and debit when you're doing this, when you're removing money. <laughs> like, they, who knows where? It, I mean, you you know where it comes from, but they yeah. don't know. Yeah. I, Are they supposed to monitor this to make sure you don't know? You can't take any more than this out. I don't know. I get. I mean, I, I just don't know. The whole thing that. is garbage. I mean, that's a garbage reason. Yeah. Again, they try to legislate behavior. They've always done this. The attempts are there, and they always fail 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, they do. But, yeah, the lottery's racist, though. So if you, you just need more lottery. weed shops to replace the revenue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all. More yeah. weed shops, more liquor stores. That's it. That's That'll the do it. Way yeah, right. Yeah.
All right. You this can't is... sell lottery tickets at a liquor store. Okay. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jimmy Markley's on special assignment. Yes, sir. You know, before we get into uh, the mud and all that of the news of mm-hmm. the day, I, I, I just want to talk a little bit about gratitude because it's Veterans Day. Oh, yeah. And one happy Veterans Day to all who have served. You Absolutely. Know, I, I truly believe this. You represent the best this country has to offer. You know, because when the country said it needed you, you you said, pick me. You win. Mm-hmm. Regardless of who was president, regardless of who's in Congress, regardless of the bickering back and forth in media or in D.C. or your state capitol, whatever, you were there. Um, I know it, you know, hasn't been easy in the last year, uh, a little bit, you know, more than that. Sure. Um, and, of course, going back the last 20 years, it hasn't been e- easy. And I think. Sometimes the loudest voices out there don't do a very good job of expressing their gratitude. But there is a lot more of it out there than you might think. And I I just want you to know that if you have served, you have the gratitude of more people than you could possibly imagine. So I just want to say happy Veterans Day. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your sacrifice. And now we can get back to being cynical. Yeah, well, you know, and and, and real quick, (laughs) I mean, real quick, I mean, every family has been touched by this some way, whether it's through an uncle, through a cousin, through a parent. I mean, my dad was an Army, was, was Army. My uncle was Army. I had another uncle that was Air Force, shot down in World War II, great uncle. Um, grandson, Marine. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's all these people in my life that have, have answered the call and served. And in my dad's case, he didn't have his hand up. I mean, he was already in the working world, and he got tapped on the shoulder by Uncle Sam, and off he went. Yeah. Um, and the same thing with my uncle. I mean, it, it is a debt of gratitude that we could never repay, and I don't think we say it enough, but today is the day, definitely. Yeah. Just to reach out and say, again, thanks for your service. Thanks for what you've done. Thanks for the freedoms we experience every single day. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> that's uh, that's a sacrifice that, I can't even imagine. I, my, as a matter of fact, and I'll make this brief, but my generation, we were, remember that the draft was discontinued. Yeah. You didn't have to register until my senior year in high school is when they started the registration process again. Yeah. We had to register. We weren't going to get called, allegedly. Right. But it was that weird feeling you had when you registered. You'd be like, okay, this, you know, we had a war going on. Who knows? I don't know. So, uh, anyway. Golly, it's just I, I can never say thank you enough, and thank you, David, for bringing that up. Yeah. That's just, good just call wanted to start on, off with on that. this day. I, we are very grateful yeah. to all of you. Yes. And and now we can get back to being cynical sobs and get back right, in well, the mud. which is all what right? which the good is really are over now. Okay? We're really good at that. Yeah. <laughs> we got a show to do. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, uh, Joe Biden. He is in Egypt at the big climate conference where a bunch of the world's elites are going to decide how they're going to wreck your life. 
Uh, yeah. and, he, and he bragged about his Inflation Reduction Act, which was not something aimed at reducing inflation. I was just going to say, when did the, where did that come from? Okay. Uh, but it does fill the pocketbooks of people invested in green energy. A lot of them just happen to be in Congress, wouldn't you know? Mm-hmm. Huh, weird. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. And, of course, all the people at this, this is a U.N. event, and so, of course, all the people at this are thrilled because they're personally invested in it, too. They don't, they don't care about controlling the weather. They don't think they can actually accomplish that. Mm-mm. They they realize a grift when they see it. That's what they – and so well, they're yeah, all latching sure. onto it, and they're sending out people like Greta Thunberg to try to shame the rest of us into believing right. in their suicidal ideas like, hey, mm-hmm. we're going to get rid of fossil fuels and go to uh, net zero carbon emissions in the next 10 years, which, is, right. which is code for a lot of people die. Um, anyway, uh, he talked about it a little bit, got a little twisted around. I don't know if you've heard this one. The International Energy Agency recently concluded that our significant climate investment will, quote, help turbocharge the emerge the energy the, the excuse oh. me tur- turbocharge the emerging global clean energy co- clean energy economy. I was reading their quote. Sorry. That's like the, <laughs> throw wow. in the towel, man. Stop the match. <laughs> Golly, that's that's a man being utterly defeated. By the English yeah. language. Everybody, you know, slips up on words. I do yeah. it all the time. You do it occasionally. Yeah. Um, but, man, that was just a beatdown, yeah. wasn't it? You got to intervene there. <laughs> yeah, some, somebody ought to come in and just say, okay, we're, we're, we're going to unplug Joe and plug him back in. Right. We're see if this, him. See if this works again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, got to run his new software. Yeah, exactly. You need to upgrade to Joe 2.0. Wow. Yeah. Hey, man. Uh, meanwhile, elsewhere in the news, you know, the knives are out right now for Governor Ron DeSantis. And I'm not just talking about Donald Trump going out and giving. I, I don't want to spend any more time on that than we have to. You know, the, you know my feelings on it. Everybody knows. It's like, yeah, look, me too. The, you know, yeah. Trump going after DeSantis the way he has. I Wait until the primary, dude. Just. Just back off a little bit. There, there's no win in this. I, mm-hmm. You don't need to do it. Uh, and also, it's feeding what Democrats want to talk about, which is they want to try to go after DeSantis because they do see him as the real threat. They love the Trump statements. That's why they love amplifying them as much as possible because they want to use it to create a bigger rift within the conservative voting base. And I don't think it's all that successful because most people I know are are kind of like, ah, oh, geez, Don, back off. Some people are downright ticked off. But we'll, you know, again, that'll be developing out in the background. Meanwhile, Colorado Governor Jared Polis, who just won re-election, uh, was asked how Democrats can fight Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who has been winning the so-called culture war issues, which already I hate that framing of culture wars because – Listen, saying that a mega corporation that operates as its own city, like Disney, does in Florida, saying to them, hey, if you're going to try to undermine everything in this state, then you're not going to get tax benefits. Right. That's not a culture war benefit. That's not a no. culture war thing. That's saying stay in your lane, okay? That make movies and, and, and operate theme parks, period. Right. Um, the magic kingdom is just a metaphor. Right. And and there is and no kingdom here. Making sure that uh making sure that parents have a say in their kids' education is not a culture war issue. That's a that's an issue that is absolutely essential to discuss moving forward. 
Well, it is, I guess it would fall under the banner of culture war, though. But they well, but it's also a government. It, it yeah. is very much a governance, not just a government, but a governance thing. But they believe the government knows better than you right, do. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, trying to protect minors from life-changing surgeries because they're depressed and mm-hmm. they want to transition to be a boy or girl or whatever— uh, that that's not. I don't see that as a culture war issue. I see that as a human rights issue. Right. That we have to protect depressed kids from mangling their bodies, and we have to make sure that adults don't get to do that to them. But anyway, Colorado Governor uh, Jared Polis actually said something that made me laugh out loud. All things considered, here he is. Governor DeSantis has been bad for jobs, bad for economic growth by driving companies out of Florida. Uh, we say in Colorado, <laughs> there's a home for everybody. I mean, if you know, if he attacks particular companies because of their their policies or what they do, uh, we're, we're happy to have a home for that. I, you know, as as a, as a governor of Colorado, I don't go around bullying our companies. We we support them. We want to create jobs. Oh, we want good paying positions, a great quality of life for everybody. So I, I think he's really. Uh, you know, taking on some uh, a, a lot of the private sector that can provide the economic growth for his state. So, okay, now this is the guy. I mean, talk to the masterpiece cake shop owner. This dude who's been harassed by lefties for years now. Talk to him about how the state government hasn't hasn't cracked down on him. No, we don't take. We're not going to target mega corporations. We'll just go after mom and pop shops because they won't make a. What, a gender transition cake or something? Dude, the economy in Florida is flourishing and continues to flourish. Right. Businesses continue to go there. It's no secret there. No. People continue to move there. Mm -hmm. The only thing the people of Florida ask is the same thing the people of Texas ask. Leave your politics where you are. Well, and I I think... Don't bring them with you. I think after Tuesday, I I think we can put some of those fears to rest because yet again, we saw... A lot of people who were recent transplants voting Republican. That's They're, right. They left the blue state, and they are staying out of those politics now. That's right. But, yeah, it, it is rich for the guy it is rich. Yeah. whose state government is cracking down on bakers because they don't want to make a cake for a gay wedding or a gender transition yeah. reveal yeah. or whatever, uh, is saying, well, we won't go after Disney, though. Oh, okay, so you're a corporate whore then. Right. That's We're going to really kill saying. off every small business, but hey. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Yeah, big corporations, good, good, good. please. I, I always like it when people just tell you exactly who they are. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> did you see, you know, Rain Wilson, do you know who that is? Yeah, he's yeah an I actor. do. Actually. He was the, yeah. the goofy dude on uh, The Office. Yep. Uh, he has changed his name now, Scott. What's his name now? Uh, his name is now Rainfall Heat Wave Extreme Winter Wilson. Because he's raising awareness about climate change. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you dope. He says, the Arctic is melting at millions of liters per second, yet this problem can't seem to make a name for itself. So it's us, up to us to make a name for it. Okay. Now, it, it doesn't sound like he actually changed it legally, but he said uh, he is not joking. He's as serious as the melting Arctic which amplifies global risk, including extreme weather events around the globe. At the end of the day. Well, you know, you know, David, I really wasn't concerned until I learned he changed his name. Well, now I'm all in. <laughs> okay. It's kind of hard. Hearts to... and minds are being changed everywhere now. A- absolutely. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to fit rainfall, heat wave, extreme winter Wilson 
on a uh, driver's license. But uh, yeah. good luck with that, buddy. Right. Coffee cups, belt buckles. Not all heroes it. wear capes. Okay. Little plastic license plates. No, no. <laughs> yeah, he's going to have a rough time at Disney World, isn't he? <laughs> he certainly is. <laughs> this is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Mark Lee is on special assignment. Well, <laughs> right out, right on time. As the dust is settling on the midterms, uh, a federal judge in Texas has struck down President Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness program, saying it's yes. illegal. Good. And it is. It is. Yeah. And so. There's no doubt about that. It always has been. Yeah. And so, of course, the Biden administration is going to fight this. We'll see how it makes its way up through the court system. I, I'm assuming that sometime in the somewhat near future, uh, it'll wind up in the Supreme Court. We'll see when. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess it'll probably be, what, a year from now or a little less than a year from yeah. now? Um, but who knows? All I know is that all the Gen Z people who showed up to vote Democrat mm-hmm. this time around, y'all got played. You got oh, yeah. played. Yeah. I mean, think about this. No matter what, if you were voting on abortion, which, you know, there was this large chunk of young single women who voted, uh, Roe v. Wade's not going to be codified in the next two years. And there's a good chance that actually it'll go the opposite direction after 2024. We'll see. Possibility. Yep. Um, and the student loan forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's not going to happen. Now this this plan was already on hold because of another ruling that had happened, but it looked like it was going to survive that. So uh, there are other legal challenges out there uh, right now as well to this program. Because, well, it's illegal, and, and Democrats had the opportunity to pass it, and that would have been legal, but they, they didn't. You know it, what you got to do from now on? If you're going to run for president, if you're going to run for president and it, if it, or, or senator or whatever, it's midterms, just promise to give every American $50,000. <laughs> because you know it can't happen, but you won't know that until after the election's over. You don't even have to go that high. Now you go ten thousand. The Democrats. The Democrats did it in twenty twenty during the Georgia runoff. Remember, hey, vote yeah, for Raphael true. Warnock, the dude who ran over his wife during a domestic yeah. dispute. Uh huh. Vote for him, and you'll get a two thousand dollar check. That's it. And then they were like, "Well, no, actually, we're not giving you a two thousand right after the election's check. over. We're, yeah. We'll give you a fourteen hundred dollar one, and if you count the six hundred dollars, that's two thousand, buddy. All right. Yeah, gift certificate to all these. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Here's twenty dollars towards Olive Garden. Now go away, you ungrateful swine. Yeah. So that so it, it looks like you know you're you might still be on the hook for paying your bills. Yeah. Because this program is illegal. Like every other American. Yeah. Uh Yeah. So we'll see where that goes. But I think it is just funny, you know, a couple days after hearing how much Gen Z really did help to or work to uh, stop the so-called red wave. Well, I've got more on that coming up on the three today. So it may not be what you think. That's that's all I'll say about all that right. for right well, now. We'll we'll see though. You, I mean, yep. but either way, if you were voting on student loan debt forgiveness, you yeah. got played. Yeah. Yep. And it was obvious you were getting played. This is really funny. Speaking of getting played here, uh, a guy, <laughs> a guy was trying to impress his girlfriend. Apparently, well, aren't we all? <laughs> and so he said he was giving up watching football for one day to oh. be with her to go do stuff with her. All right. He was sacrificing. What a guy. Tuesday night football. There, There is no Tuesday night football. <laughs> Good one. It puts this out on the internet, and here's the audio of it. 
Okay. Babe. Yeah. I decided that tonight I'm going to skip out on Tuesday night football and take you on a date. <gasps> really? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to? Yeah. We can go get sushi or something. Yes. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Yay! Actually? Yeah! I figured I'd put a break on football for a little bit. Just because I feel like we watch it a lot. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a cruel joke. Yeah. Or if that's brilliant. Because if she doesn't know... Ooh, that's and, the fine line right there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because if she doesn't know, you just say... I mean, I, I think it crosses a line when you're lying and saying I'm skipping Tuesday night football. But right. if you casually yeah. say... You know what? I'm not going to watch a football game tonight. Let's go yeah. do something. Yeah. There you're being honest. That's right. Well, at least you're not lying. I, I don't, I don't want to go as far as to say that you're being honest about it. The, in, the intent there is still fairly dishonest. But yes. you're not lying about skipping Tuesday night football. There, in that case, you're just saying, I'm not watching football tonight. Right. Which is true if there's no game on anyway. Well, dude, good luck. I, I mean, I think there's going to be a whole lot of dudes following up on that one, trying yeah, it as well. Now yeah. it's like every 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 girl with a boyfriend is going to be like watching uh, watching the schedule. Like you could hawk. say Wednesday too, by the way, just in case. That's true. Yeah, we can go. Yeah. We can go out on Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll skip Wednesday night football as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, Two nights night in a row. Depends. It depends on um, Friday night. Depends on what high school teams are playing. Okay, right. then, yeah. then I might right, then I exactly. might press the pause button. Exactly. And then and Saturday and Sunday, no, no, those days are booked up. Uh, this is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin show. What's the big story of the day, David? Big story. Uh, I mean, there, there. I kind of look at it in two different buckets, almost. I mean, on the political intrigue side, yes, the big story is uh, reg- regrettably. Uh, Donald Trump going after Ron DeSantis and Glenn Youngkin and saying that Youngkin's name sounds like he's Chinese, which that's Whatever. Just, okay, I don't that's know. desperate. Yeah. Um, so I and really, it, I'm not mad at Trump. I'm, I know a lot of people are, but I, I'm. It's like that's Trump. I'm just disappointed he couldn't, you know, keep his mouth shut for a little while. It, it bums me out. Yeah. A major comedian has passed away as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll world hero. Yeah, I got I got one Gallagher joke that I've used a million times myself. All right, I can we'll, tell it. I can tell we'll, it. We'll get to that All next. Right, okay. The Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment today. Thank you so much for being here and hanging out with us. Well, we got some good news today, and I, I hope this pans out. But the L.A. Times is reporting that uh, Customs and Border Patrol Commissioner Chris Magnus is getting the boot. He's going to get fired. Yeah, he's got the boot. He's gone. Yeah, so that is uh, good news. At least now the Biden administration appears to be acknowledging that they've got a real problem. I mean, I I think a lot of us would say it's too little too late, but they didn't want to make any changes before the midterms because, well, they then they would be admitting that they've utterly failed Mm -hmm. at the most crucial role they have, which is protecting the homeland. And they they have not done that very effectively. No, they have not. to put it lightly, I mean, when you've got, <laughs> yeah. you know, very effectively, that's well, almost too tra- charitable, isn't it? I just, I, this, this really is a phenomenal thing, though. Mayorkas and the whole bunch of them will tell you the border's under control. Yeah. There's no such thing as an open border. And every single night, Bill Malusian is down there reporting, and the, uh, the, the thermal cameras, you can see massive amounts of people just walking into the country. Yes. 
And we're supposed to believe these guys? Apparently, yes. And I, I think... mean, it, it is a really incredible thing when there's visual evidence every night <laughs> and every day that this is a lie and you continue to perpetrate it. It's, it's stupid stuff. Yeah, well, they also know that there's a lot of people who uh, will never want to admit that or will never actually seek out the truth. Yeah, they because... just... And, and I, I truly believe it. It's not because anybody's, you know, out there is just stupid. I think a, a lot of it has to do with uh, they've been conditioned to to hear border crisis and automatically think, oh, it's these racist Republicans who are scared of brown yeah. and black people. Yeah, yeah. They're they're conditioned to hear that. And then also, a lot of times, mainstream media just won't won't touch it. So unless you look at an outlet like Fox or other conservative media, you're never going to hear that we have a historic crisis going on at the border, and it's going on right now, and it's been going on for nearly two years now. But this isn't a hypothetical. There is visual evidence right. every day. Yeah. And you, you every see, day. Right. It, it it only became a crisis when, you know, DeSantis yeah. sent a flight to Martha's Vineyard and Greg yeah. Abbott in Texas started sending busloads of people to other cities, which, by the way, there was a thought that this was going to backfire for both of those men. Oh, sure. Yeah. That, oh, you know, Ron DeSantis overplayed his hand. Uh-oh. It's go- well, it turns out a lot of Hispanics in Florida were not affected by that. No, not at all. They actually, actually fact, they uh, applauded it. I mean, when he's when he's winning yep. every Hispanic demographic, yep. uh, in that case, you, you're, you, you can only come away with the conclusion that Democrats constantly equating Hispanics with illegal immigrants uh, may not be working for them. And and the thing is, DeSantis did this, Abbott did this, and I don't think they focus grouped at first. I think they just thought this is the right thing to do. Yeah. You guys, you want it, you got it. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. But we're tired of you lecturing us, right? Right. Yeah. So And, and that's go. it. That. But seriously, I, I know there are people out there who the first time they ever heard about an actual crisis at the border was when mm-hmm. busloads started showing up in New York City and D.C. and Chicago. Yeah. And that's the first time they ever heard, oh, my gosh, well, there might actually be a problem there. It comes to my neighborhood. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. It's easy to advocate for things that will never affect you. Yeah. Yeah. And meanwhile, as uh, we're still parsing out and dissecting the results from the midterm elections, uh, I, I missed this one somehow. But the crew on Morning Joe was celebrating after Stacey Abrams' humiliating defeat in Georgia. Again, I mean, it just was not even close. At least it was close the first go round. Yeah, you, you, and and they're trying to go with the talking point right now. A lot of liberal media and a lot of Democrats are that this is a situation where, well, she was able to to lift up other candidates, but oh. this time around in Georgia, you really can't make that argument. And no. they point to the Senate race right now between Herschel Walker and uh, Raphael Warnock, <clears throat> but I, I I actually don't think that that's right because the reason why it's so close is one because the libertarian candidate was there and took siphoned off presumably a lot of votes from uh from herschel walker and then the other thing is when you're looking at the data coming out of georgia there were a ton of split ticket voters people who either sat out the senate voting or didn't want to vote uh, for Herschel Walker and did somehow think, yeah, I'm going to vote for Raphael Warnock, mm-hmm. which I, I don't understand that part. I, I can at least kind of wrap my head around abstaining or maybe voting for the libertarian candidate, but I don't understand going with a hard left 
guy like Raphael Warnock. But when you have evidence of such a split-ticket vote, you really can't say Stacey Abrams succeeded in any way, shape, or form in Georgia uh, because she got demolished. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's and and even still, the Senate race still might wind up after the runoff getting tipped over to the Republicans. But Joe Scarborough and Al Sharpton were having a conversation about this. <laughs> oh boy! And uh, well, it got biblical here because you know what? Well, he's a reverend, you know. Yeah. She's like Moses. What? <laughs> Moses Malone? No, Mo- Moses. That Moses in the Bible. Yes. Okay. Here we go. I'll talk to my oh, preacher. He left? Yeah. Moses? He led the Jews to the promised land, but he didn't get there himself. He, he didn't get there himself, but God took care of Moses. Yes, Keep he reading did. the Bible. God oh. said, I will bury Moses. Y'all leave Moses alone and let Joshua keep going. And Stacy will get her due. God will reward Stacy. Anytime you see Ossoff and Walnock and Biden in Washington, you're looking at the work of Stacey Abrams. Amen. God will reward Stacey Abrams. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, I. <laughs> That's stunning. Isn't that a jaw dropping moment? That Holy cow. Man. She lost two elections back to back. Yes. But at the end of the day, God yes. will reward her. Yes. Got it. Thanks, and, Reverend Sharpton. And this time it wasn't, again, it wasn't even close. Between her and mm-hmm. Brian Kemp, it was it it no, was a shellacking here. Yeah, I mean that it's it, but yeah, I guess she's she's like Moses leading the Democrats through the wilderness into the promised wow. land by losing like that. Okay, and, and oh, it's right. Warnock Joshua. I well, and if he wins, yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm just curious now. I guess in their we in, started signing biblical names and characters to these people. I I guess in their mind, uh, then it, it would sort of almost be this trinity that makes up Joshua, because because okay. they mentioned Joe Biden, Joe Biden, they mentioned oh, John Ossoff, mm-hmm. and Raphael Warnock, the Holy Trinity. <laughs> okay, got it. Yeah, I know. Now, now we're just mixing all sorts of metaphors here. Warnock, Biden, and Ossoff. Okay. Yeah, okay. There you, there you go. And what promised land have they have they led us to? Is it? I mean, there's historic inflation, a record border crisis. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the the threat of nuclear war happening not only in Russia but China. Huh. I'm just just curious. It doesn't doesn't sound very biblical to me. But anyway. no. Anyway, uh, something I learned today on a lighter note: uh, there is a genre of videos online where dudes play music with birds. Have you ever heard this? What do you so, mean? So, like, guys will they'll have their parrots or whatever, and they'll play guitar or piano, and then have the birds sing to them. Are these like canaries? Like, like parrots and whatnot? Oh, parrots! Yeah. Okay. All right, I want to hear this. And okay, so here here's one guy. I don't know. I went down this rabbit hole, and I just wanted to share it with you. <laughs> I'm glad you because I thought of you as soon as I saw this, and All hopefully right. you'll 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 get a kick out of this. Uh, here's a guy, he's playing on his guitar, Don't Fear the Reaper. Oh. <laughs> and, and anyway, here here's him while the parrot sings along with him. <laughs> it 
It kind of sounds like Yoko Ono, doesn't it? That's what it does. Like Yoko Ono's doing Blue Oyster Cult here. And then there's this one dude. This one I, I think is the best. Okay, just not gonna not gonna spend too much time on this, but it's a dude doing an R and B song. Okay. He's slow jamming with the parrot. All right. <laughs> it felt like that was something that maybe if you needed a breath here today, you could enjoy slow jamming with a parrot. Teddy Penderbird. <laughs> hey. somebody, ought to, oh, somebody ought to do that now with the people who were uh, who howled at Joe Biden today. Yeah. You hear this? Slow jam that one. Yeah, he was, he was at the... Uh, the whatever it's called, COP27, whatever, the Green right. Knee Conference overseas. And I don't know if you heard this. Is Joe Biden got interrupted by protesters during his speech. To reestablish the United States as a trustworthy, committed global leader on climate. As I stand here before you, we've taken enormous strides to achieve that. <laughs> For a second, I really did think, okay, has the, has the uh, Planet of the Apes thing started already? <laughs> Green furries <laughs> howling. Did Mimic. you, uh, by the way, do you happen to see where uh, comedian Gallagher passed away today? Oh, he did. Yeah, 75. Hmm. I guess he'd been ill for a couple of weeks. and uh, he, I did not know this about him, but he was the first comedian to do a special on cable TV. Really? Yeah. Which opened the door, of course, for millions of yeah. other ones that are out there now. Um, he, now I, I never saw him. I, mean, I saw him on TV. I never actually paid to see him. You just mimicked him at a comedy was, club. You, right. You did have a Gallagher phase. I had a Glenn Gallagher do going yeah. for a while. Yes. Had the hat and the mustache and the hair. Yeah. All that. And the bald head on top. Sure. Um, but he, he used to come a part of his act was he'd come out wherever he was and say, Hey, hello, uh, San Antonio. Hello, wherever. My name is Gallagher. I'm from California. Being from California is kind of funny because it's like living in a bowl of granola. What ate fruits and nuts is flakes. <laughs> that was his opener. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stunned silence on the other hand. <laughs> maybe, maybe that needs a sound effect. Can you, yeah, it might. It might. Can, maybe you, can, you, can, can, can you say that again here? You know, hi, I'm Gallagher. I'm from California, and like living in California is like living in a bowl of granola. What ain't fruits and nuts is flakes. Yep. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. <laughs> All right, that's our that's our Gallagher tribute for today's show on Markley Van Camp and Robbins. That's it. Now that there will be no more, David will smash watermelons, but that's a visual. <laughs> that's just actually my lunch. <laughs> I like smoothies. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. <laughs> The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment today. All right. So we get, <laughs> this is a quite an interesting story here. And it's not an in-the-weeds Twitter story, I promise. Because, I, I trust me, I get bored by those now. 
But something that, just to set the table here, something that Elon Musk has changed is he is allowing people to get these blue check marks, which used to be like a verification badge. You can log in and pay him $8, and he'll get that, and you can get that blue check mark. They've actually closed that out now because there have been a lot of impersonating accounts going oh, up. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, somebody snagged a fake Eli Lilly and company Twitter handle and got the blue check verification on it and tweeted out, we are excited to announce insulin is free now. Now, that's not true. Of course not. But the Coke fiends on Wall Street saw the tweet, and there was a pretty big sell-off today of Eli Lilly on Wall Street. God. You know. I mean... I mean, it'll come back. I mean, it's not. It, it it's one of those things. Again, I mean, the, the day traders are basically nervous chihuahuas with diarrhea. Okay, so they, right. you know, somebody says, "Oh my gosh, did you see this record? Got to be news." Nobody's actually stopping to take a breath and say, "Hey, wait a minute, is this actually yeah. the company?" Right. But you know, it, it it fell down. What is it about? Oh, geez. Uh, initially, I mean, it went from three sixty eight all the way down to. 346 is what it was trading and it's starting to rebound a little bit now as people are sort of settling down and realizing that no they didn't they didn't just make that news um but yeah i mean that's this is something that i know a lot of the people who hate elon musk are going to say well look now you're 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 hurting wall street now that's something that's an unforgivable sin mm-hmm. we need to go back to the good old days when twitter just kind of decided who was going to be verified <laughs> right and sometimes i mean the word was that there are people paying bribes in order to get their blue check mark on twitter i can't imagine being that vain to care that much about a, a blue check mark on twitter but then again i mean i'm on twitter i don't use twitter though i mean i i don't tweet ever so i don't no. know uh, well i don't so either i, I mean, just don't I, get i don't get that fascination or that right. obsession with having to tweet constantly and wanting to have that special little blue check mark next to your name. I guess that's what happens when people who have never accomplished anything on their own in their lives go out in the real world. They, they think that these are things that matter. Or they become elected senator from Pennsylvania. Right. Well, it's, yeah, the thing that, that has been cracking me up about all of this is that the whole verification thing, can you say it's sloppy? Yeah, the rollout has been sloppy. No question about it. But it's really, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be that big of a deal. The only reason it's a big deal is because we have a bunch of people in media, politics, and apparently on Wall Street who don't know how to double-check a source before running with it. Right. You're telling on yourself that you're lazy. <laughs> You've gotten lazy when it comes to collecting information. So, anyway, that that's just my hot take. But no, no, I, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. 100% All agree right. with we, you on we that. we got to get set up for the Friday Five. Uh, you had this idea, Scott. Coming up, it's uh, Steve Irwin Appreciation Day, right? Yeah, who knew? Steve Irwin Day. I think that's only celebrated in his native Australia. Yeah. I could be wrong. But but on, anyway. On that note, we decided to do the Friday Five with top five bands or artists from Australia. Oh, wow. So yeah. it's a good list. It's a fun yeah. list. Good if you, stuff. If you want to get in early, the number is 210-619-2053. That's 210-619-2053. The Friday Five will kick it off next. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get 
at it and having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. Thank you so much for being here. And yes, it is that time after a long week. We finally get to uh, have a little bit of fun here. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, it's the Friday Five. A little countdown we do every week at this time. Take a little bit of a break from news just to kind of relax and head into the weekend here. Uh, Usually it's around some holiday or something in the news. We say, all right, we're going to pick a topic and do a countdown, usually music-related uh, and then it's the Friday Five. And this week, you had the idea, Scott, because Steve Irwin Appreciation Day is coming up. Yeah, Steve Irwin Day in Australia, and, and I guess you can celebrate anywhere, Yeah, is uh, coming up tomorrow. And I thought, well, what the heck? Let's do Australian bands. Yeah, or, or we have solo artists. artists. Yeah. Or just artists in general. Yeah. Australians. So, yes. Uh, and so how do we make this list? Okay, we, we all vote independently of one another, and then we average the scores, and we come up with the five. And the criteria are how big, in this case, how big was the band or the artist at the height of their powers. How big were they? How much do they stand the test of time? How much do you still hear their songs just out in the world? And then mm-hmm. number three, that's personal stereo. That's how much do you personally like it? We add up all these scores. We come up with our five, and we invite you to play along. The number is 210-619-2053. That's 210-619-2053. Top five Australian bands or artists uh, let's start off here with uh, Ron. Hey, Ron. Hey there, gentlemen. Love your show. Um, so I just wanted to mention something real quick. I understand when Uncle Joe went to vote, they asked him if he had any ID, and his response was about what? <laughs> so, at any rate, yeah, I guess he didn't All have right. any men at work. Ah, oh, there you go. Yeah, men at work, yeah. I come from a Can you hear? Mm-hmm. You played a lot of them, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did yeah. you ever see them live in concert? No, nope, never did. Never got never to see did. them in at work. You know, um, the, the lead singer, what's his name? Colin Hay, I believe, was part of the Ringo All-Star Band. Really? And, it, and has been touring with Ringo. And so each, but each one on Ringo's All-Star Band tours gets to do like two of their own songs. Oh. So they were doing like, Who Can It Be Now? And Down Under Every Night, along with... <laughs> You know, whoever else was with Ringo. Yeah, so (laughs) the music lives, David. Yeah, well, you got to fill out the set list when it's Ringo Starr. Just (laughs) a little bit. Well, yeah, you got Octopus's Garden. Yeah, you got that. Don't Come Easy and Photographing. Yeah, okay, what else we got? Yeah, yeah. Then then you're digging deep into the catalog. Uh Uh-huh. All right, uh, top five bands from Australia or solo artists from Australia. Let's talk to Woody. Hey, Woody. Hey, guys. Love your show. So when Scott was gushing over Bette Midler on Monday, I bet Mrs. Woody that today's Friday Five would be Ms. Midler's top five hits. 
and I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we're about four short. <laughs> My group, the PGs. Oh, there you oh, go. Oh, yeah. Number yeah. three. Certainly a big band. Pretty good oh, yeah. time. You know, this song yeah. is still out in the ether. A lot of their older stuff is still getting played. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a band that just kind of is still hanging around. People know the music. Golly, I mean, being in Top 40 Radio, when I, was, I started as I was, when I was 17, so it was the latter part of the 70s. And mm-hmm. It was every other song was a Bee Gees oh, record. Yeah. Or Andy Gibb. <laughs> They're all at the same time. Right. Uh, let's talk to Robert next. Hey, Robert. Hey, good morning, guys. Morning. Hi, Robert. I'm calling from Sonora, California, listening to you guys on KVML. I just want you to know that you're my favorite show to listen to on the radio. Uh, thanks, oh, man. Thanks, Appreciate man. it. Absolutely. You guys are just awesome. So the band that I came up with was ACDC. Well, yeah. That, that's are going to have a great weekend. Yeah. He's going to have a great weekend. Number right. one. I mean, that has to be number one. Oh, God. I test the time. Dude, 10. Give it a 12. Yeah. I mean, it's the height of their powers, 10. Yeah. Uh, personal personal life, life, 10. Yeah. I mean, back in yeah, black. Yeah, I think all of us agree with that one. Yeah, back, back in black as just an album is one of the most perfect rock and roll albums ever it recorded. Is. It and is. I just always loved, too. I mean, this band was finally starting to make some inroads around the world with Highway to Hell, etc. And then their lead singer up and dies. They replace the lead singer and create one of the most epic rock albums ever made. It's incredible. My, uh, and this is this band is so big it transcends generations too. Sure, but my youngest granddaughter plays in a band. Not, I mean, her high school band, mm-hmm. and they play before football games. And when they announce the football teams, when they come out before kickoff, they play Thunderstruck. Wow, place goes nuts. I mean, it, it's this band. You know, and I'll hear Thunderstruck or I'll hear Back in Black or, you know, Hell's Bells everywhere Mm -hmm. to this day. Yeah. And it's just, it's really incredible. Have you ever seen them? I have never seen them, no. I I had an opportunity to once, and then unfortunately I had a conflict that I wasn't able to go see. Only thing I can tell you is I saw them, and that was when I was involved at music radio, so you got, you know, really awesome seats. But I was probably 10 rows back, and they they started the show, and the hat on my head was was vibrating. (laughs) <laughs> it was vibrating. It, it was insane. Well, well, if it's not loud, is it really ACDC? Uh, no, it's right. <laughs> I mean, exactly. On. It's what yeah. I what I came to expect. But for for like two weeks after, all I said was, what? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but did, it was worth it, Dan. Did they it. have the cannons? Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Had the cannons. They did money talks, and they blew the dollar bills yeah. with Agnes's, Angus's Angus, face yeah. on it. And Angus, we trust. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All right. It's the Friday Five. We're doing top five song or top five Australian bands or solo artists. We've got number one with ACDC, number three with the Bee Gees, uh, and we're still looking for numbers two, four, and five. Let's talk to our friend Mary. Hey, Mary. Hi, guys. Happy Friday. What beach are you on today, Mary? Well, here in Fenwick Island. Oh, okay. There Mary you go. Is. Awesome. <laughs> it's kind of raining now, so no beach uh, today. Oh, well. So, what you got today? Um, I have several favorites, but I've chosen In Excess. Great band. It's big, yeah. Number five. Hey! 
Mary gets back in the top five here. The test of time on this is kind of hard to, to gauge yeah. on NXS. Because I, I think a couple of their songs still get played. We were going what back you, and... I hear what you need still yeah. a lot. Going back and forth on this a little bit yesterday. And I you remember yeah. they did the reality show several years ago. Yep. Where yeah, they were picking singer. the new lead singer. And uh, they were a little bit worried because they were trying to make, you know, capitalize on things like American Idol and, and whatnot. And they were a little disappointed because the younger generation, like people my age at the time, weren't tuning in. Right. And the reason was because, and I'll I'm, honestly, me as the, you know, as the rotten millennial over here, I didn't know who NXS was when that show came up. I thought wow. it was Inks's when I first saw it. <laughs> well, okay. okay, this is a true story. There was a guy that I worked with. This band was brand new, all right, to Top 40 anyway. Yeah. And we got, the, we got the Top 40 record, and we put it on, and it was the overnight guy, and I was doing mornings. I'm coming in, and he gives the call letters. He said, here's a new one from Inks. <laughs> yeah. And I went into the studio. I said, dude, it's not Inks. It's NXS. I should have put a pronouncer up, but I didn't. But anyway, there you go. <laughs> so you screwed him uh, So over. I'll answer to both, Inks and NXS. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk to Tony. Hey, Tony. <laughs> Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up, man? Hey, Tony. Happy Friday, brothers. Yeah, you too. I believe it, man. Uh, you know, oh, God. Glad to get through. I bet the people in Pennsylvania are glad to get through the week after, you know, after they um, nominated and, and voted in a dead person, huh? Oh, yeah, <laughs> they did. That's, that's yeah, true they, story. That's actually there was true, a, yes. A dead guy won in yeah. Pennsylvania, yes. Yeah, they got all the dead votes. So I guess, you know, having all those dead people paid off, right? There you yeah. go. Yeah. I, saw, I saw somebody sent me a picture of a tombstone with an I voted sticker on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, guys, I'm going to, I'm gonna, you know, mention a person here. Um, I got, was able to see him, my wife and I, with, um, he um, um, played with Loverboy earlier this year. And I'm going to say Rick Springfield. I wish yeah. I had Yezzy's girl. Woo! Yeah. No, I wish that I had Jesse's girl. If I remember right, as we were talking about this, he was, like, right on the cusp to getting into the top five. Yeah, yeah. But really, like, the test of time is basically that song. That song, yeah. And I mean, and he had other ones. I mean, yeah. he had other top ten hits, but this is the only one that still gets yeah. played. I mean, there, there's no question. I mean, that song has absolutely stood the test of time. It gets, it's played on the, it's getting played on the radio somewhere right now. Yeah, one of his bigger hits was I've Done Everything For You, which was a mm -hmm. cover of a Sammy Hagar song. Mm -hmm. And Hagar wrote, and they asked Hagar about it a few years ago. They said, What's, what did that song mean to you? He goes, well, it meant my kid's college was paid for. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. We got a reset here. It's the Friday Five. We're doing top five Australian bands or solo artists. We've gotten number one, ACDC. We've gotten number three, the Bee Gees. Number five, NXS. Still looking for numbers two and four. Number two, I will give this hint. It is a little bit outside of the usual format that the three of us would pick yeah so there there's your little hint there uh if you want to get in there's still some time it is 210-619-2053 we'll wrap it up next this is the markley van camp and robin show 
The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. Thank you for being here. We're wrapping up the Friday Five, the countdown we do at this time every week. We are counting down the top five bands or solo artists from Australia in honor of Steve Irwin Day. Steve Irwin Day. It was, just, it was just a fun thing to do. Yeah, yep. exactly. Uh, we've already ticked off a few out of the top five. Number one, ACDC. Number three, the Bee Gees. And number five, NXS, or as I like to call them, Inkses. Inks. Yeah. Uh, it's plural, Scott. It's Inkses. Oh, good. Thanks, okay. Scott. It. All right. Uh, if you want to get in, there's still a little bit of time left. The number is 210-619-2053. Let's start this off again with Chad. Hey, Chad. Hey, it's a great day in the Republic of Texas. Robert Francis O'Rourke is 0 for 3. No kidding, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. To... Well, hey, thank... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it's sending back down to A-ball. That's all I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, thanks for having me on. It's uh, my, my vote is midnight oil, diesel and dust and red cells in the runs... Uh, sorry, red cells in the sunset to their better albums. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, well, I play, I played, I played that song. <laughs> the Bloodwood and the Desert Oak, holding wrecks and bodies. Like, it makes me laugh whenever you sing along. It's a solid uh, honorable mention there. Uh, let's talk to Uncle Schulte. Hey, Uncle Schulte. No. Uh, yeah, gentlemen, uh, welcome from Oregon here, where after 10 to 12 years of bad policy, what do we do? We double down and keep electing the same people. Well, over and over well, you and know over what? Again. I mean, communism just hasn't had a chance to work yet, okay? Yeah. In any event, I'm going to go somewhat obscure here, and I'm going to go with the Little River Band. Oh, great band. Yeah. I think you did. I can't remember. Just because the test of time is certainly there. Yeah. With the Little River Band. It's okay. Um, I like them. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, I first time I saw them was they opened for Bob Seger. Wow. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was 19, what, 76? Hmm. 75, 76? Around there, the night moves time for Bob. Yeah. But here comes, and you know, the funny thing about the Little River Band is like bikers dug them. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a, they had a strange fan base, you know. I mean, some bands can just break through like that. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk to Sean now. Hey, Sean. Hey, what's happening, guys? Good Friday to y'all. Yeah, you too, man. Hey, I just got back from the dispensary in Michigan because it's the only thing that I can do now that Greedy Gretchen got uh, voted in again. So I got to yeah. get happy somehow. Oh, there you go, man. I know, just man. I be responsible. You. I hear you. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, I'm just sitting here at the table listening to you guys. <laughs> there you All go. Right. But being, uh, being irresponsible. Yes. <laughs> but right, you got it. Hey, All right, there uh, you go. <laughs> kind of a uh, maybe lesser known band here, but uh, they had a good tune back in the day. Uh, no bathroom, no sink, water's hard to drink, uh, silver chair tomorrow. Yeah. I love this song. <laughs> Up. 
every hour from 945 to Buzz. Here's oh, yeah. Silver Chair again. That song makes these guys, they're no like sense. their parents, their their moms were touring with them. They were all like 16. Yeah. 15, that, 16 years old. There I remember that that was that band was supposed to be bigger than it wound up being. Oh yeah. Like it, it it just kind of, you know, eh, people liked it and then we're ready to move on. It's one writing of those things. Writing songs, yeah. that's hard, David. Uh oh, absolutely it is. Let's talk yeah. to Justin. Hey Justin. Hey, guys, uh, when you said it was a little obscure from your norm, I went with a country guy. So I'm going to go Keith Urban. That's yeah, right, you got it, man. Number yep. two. It's going to be a lot Oh, gotcha. Personal like for me is a little bit lower, but that's just yeah, it's I'm a little not... bit lower. But I like a lot of his stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I don't, I don't hate him at all. I think yeah. he's all right. Uh, let's talk to Renee. Hey, Renee. Yes. Hi. Hey. What you got, hey. man? <laughs> okay, so I'm thinking uh, Olivia Newton-John is early '80s, but she's a cutie. There you oh, go, man. Yeah. And all Number four. And that closed it out. Just at the wire. Good job. Number one, ACDC. Number two, Keith Urban. Number three, Bee Gees. Then Olivia Newton-John in excess. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Uh, big story of the day, and we'll be covering a lot more coming up. Uh, I think, you know, you still got the fallout from the midterm elections happening, people trying to sort out what exactly happened uh, there. And certainly there are now calls for GOP leadership to be overhauled, and I don't think that's a bad idea whatsoever because I know a lot of the folks has been on Trump, but you also have to think about where money was spent elsewhere in other races. There's a lot of blame to go around for not being as good a night as Republicans had hoped for. Uh, Marco Rubio is is one of them leading the charge, saying, hey, we got to figure this out, especially yep. with two years to go before 2024. Yep. So uh, we'll get that. Also, your big trifecta is coming up. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robinson. Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. We get into the trifecta in just a few minutes. Um, you know, there was the big uh, Green Weenie conference in Egypt today where everybody's uh, getting together and talking about how they can possibly spend all of your money and ruin your life so that they can control the weather. It's weird how that's what they call it now, too. Yeah. <laughs> ruin lives to control the weather. <laughs> yeah, the Green Weenie Conference. Yes, uh, John Kerry's at it, of course, and uh, he says, oh, "You know, the, the, the thing we need to do, Scott, yeah, in order what? to control the weather, is spend more money." What a load that yeah. guy is. Here, That's here. his solution to everything. Oh, sure. Here, here is... he's never spent his own damn money for anything. Oh no, yeah. of course not. Here, here's yeah. John Kerry. We desperately need the money. There is not enough money in any country in the world. Uh to actually solve this problem. It takes trillions, and no government that I know of is ready to put trillions into this on an annual basis. That's what the scientists and the UN finance report say we must do. Two and a half to four and a half trillion every year for the next 30 years. Jeez. Okay. Okay. Now, no problem. You're going to start raiding the couch cushions here? I mean, I don't... Yeah. I don't I don't understand this now. They're, they're doubling down. They have, with, with these initiatives, they have tanked the world's economy. I know yeah. COVID had a lot to do 
obviously the reaction to COVID had a lot to do with the situation the global economy is in right now, of course. Mm-hmm. But they have doubled down on all of this stuff year after year after year. And Europe would not be going back to coal right now had they not abandoned common sense energy proposals. And yet here they are, all these people again, flying to Egypt on their private jets, saying that we need to, you know, eat bugs and do with less because we're just little people. And we've got to let these people guide us, even though their policies fail constantly. We and and create more harm than good every single year. You have to give up things you care about so that they can try to control the weather again. Yes. It, it's insane. Yes. Why yes. does anybody listen to these people? <laughs> well, John, John Kerry's been nibbling off the government teat for quite some time now. Yeah. That's all he does. But but saying like we got to spend you know two trillion dollars. Of a course. Year well, it's always that's always the answer to, to everything, this. right? Yeah. We have to spend more money to fight poverty. We yeah. Have to spend more money. Yeah. Everything's about spending more money. Well, the White House. Everything. Today, the White House today announced that they're spending more money, bil- billions of dollars for gender equity and climate. Yes. Okay. That if that doesn't sound like a scam to you, I don't know how to help you. Because well, that is a scam. <laughs> gender equity. And climate. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because we get. So, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, David. You oh, know what? I, I don't know what. I. Uh, oh, okay. I, I just think perhaps, perhaps under gender equity, just to make things equal, put everybody to work building roads and bridges. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, it, it just is. It, it, the saddest thing to me is that there are governments that are going to follow this again. Uh, not paying attention to what happened in Sri Lanka, not paying attention to what has happened all over Western Europe, in the Netherlands in particular, with the revolt from the farmers that has happened. They do not realize, or maybe they do and they just don't care, because they stand to make a ton of money off of these so-called green initiatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, they, I, I mean, dude, the, these policies are destroying people's lives. And they think it's okay because at the end of the day, they're going to cl- control the weather. Yes. That's what's going to happen. Yes. And, you know, you can do all sorts of, you can, you can undertake all sorts of advances uh, to try to combat pollution, all of that. In the United States, actually, a lot has been done. But what they're talking about doing and... You know, using the opportunity, and Biden referenced this again today, using the opportunity presented by Russia's invasion of Ukraine to move even further away from fossil fuels is completely ignoring where the world needs to go. Like, you can try to develop renewables all you want, but the reality is they're not ready for prime time. Period. Yeah. And if you're they're trying not, to go, if, no. you, if you try to go too fast, you're going to destroy a lot of people. Well, again, when an idea gets put in place without the support or infrastructure to support said idea, you yeah. got a big problem on your hands. Right. And that's where we are. Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah, that's where we are. Oh, but and you but, also have to convince people to 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 see things your way. Yeah. Well, that and that, you failed at that, too. I mean, that that's why it's also always doomsday prophecies. Yes. Coming from them. I mean, today we were talking about this before the show. Yeah. There's a U.N. report that says we have nine years left. That's it. I thought it was 10 years left, like, in 2018. 
So shouldn't nine we only have left, six sir. years left? Not anymore. We've extended it to oh, nine. Okay, good. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the because the Inflation Reduction Act right. passed, we we got an extra two years. Jim Cantori told us that, <laughs> right? Or three years, whatever. Whatever, I, dude. Uh, it, it it is just insanity to me. All right, are you ready for it your is. big trifecta? Yeah, let's roll. Let's right. go. Let's go. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. It is the trifecta. Top three stories of the day, according to one Scott Robbins. Usually uh, your buddy Casey Kasem is along for the ride, but he vacations with Markley. Yeah, wherever Markley goes, that's where Casey goes. They they hang out. They're buddies. In so, his front pocket. Yes. Right. So we'll do this the old-fashioned way without Casey Kasem. Right. Okay. Uh, number three, uh, you're telling me that the author, Stephen King, is mad because of what's going on at Twitter, and everyone can get a, a one of those precious blue check marks now. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who can't remember. I don't know if it was on Twitter or not. But there was an account that said Stephen King looks like an angry old lesbian who owns an antique shop. And every time I see him now, I can't unsee that. That's, I can't unsee it. Um, so this is what Stephen King tweets out. He said, boy, I'll tell you what, I think I like Twitter a whole lot better in the pre-Musk days. Less controversy, more fun. <laughs> Less controversy with Twitter? Really? Yes. More fun. More fun. Okay. Old Twitter sucked for a lot of people, Stephen. Yeah. Well, maybe you can spend your time uh, somewhere else, like spending more time writing a decent book, which you haven't done in 30 years. Maybe start there. <laughs> These guys, elitist, yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah. It's terrible now that I see people who don't think like me. <laughs> what, what I just don't understand, and I'll never understand it, I guess, is is why people let Twitter become their entire life and their entire personality. You know, we talked about this earlier, and I, I honestly believe this. I think there is a true mental addiction to it. Mm-hmm. It's the rush. Yeah. It's the feeling. You're For the first time in your life, you're able to bent your frustrations to a to a an audience yeah and they're going to hear what you think whether they like it or not and that kind of thing unless of course you were thinking the wrong way right then you got booted right and now those people who thought the wrong way are allowed a platform and poor steven's melting down (laughs) not not any fun anymore well Well, then i dare you to get off of it go ahead dude yeah pull a whoopee Get off of it. We'll see how long that lasts with her, too, by the way. It's I bet fine. she's back on by this weekend. Yeah, I mean, it was, jeez, uh, when was that? Uh, well, it's this week. Yeah, it was six years ago Yeah, that I got off of Facebook. I yeah. just, I'd had it, and I, I didn't make a big show of it. It was just kind of no, like. You didn't even tell anybody. You just did it. I was like, yeah, I'm just, I had to tell my boss. I told him I'm not on uh-huh. Facebook anymore because that was technically, you know, there, there was some work implications in that. But I was just like, no, I'm done with Facebook. I'm not doing yeah. it anymore. I know. I wish you would have told me because I'm friends with some guy in Auckland named David Van Camp. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, It is the trifecta top three stories of the day, according to Scott Robbins. And number two Uh is, uh, well, we've heard a lot and we've talked about this. uh, Gen Z showing up at the polls and what impact that may have had on the way that the elections went on Tuesday. And you're saying that the youth quake didn't happen. No. and, And I'll tell you why. What they do all the time, and they do this a lot when they start to figure this stuff out, percentage of voters in a demographic that went one way. Yeah. That's what, that's what they do. 25% of voters in the 18 to 29-year-old age group went for Democrats. Brr. 
Well, what they don't tell you is this. A guy named Bill McIntriff put this together. He said, here's four real numbers. 12, 13, 13, 12. That's the percentage of vote among 18 to 20-year-olds in the last four midterms. Mm-hmm. So of that demographic, here's the percentage of people actually voted. Yeah. 12%. No change. Margin for Dems slightly down from 18. Where did this youth vote save Dems thing even start? That's interesting. Well, simple. It started with the narrative. Yeah. I mean, that's how it started. And, of course, getting back to your point, mm-hmm. the Twitter media followed along. Yeah. And just went, well, yeah, here's the reason, because all these young people are in line voting for them. When, in fact, you can't do percentages on that. Mm-hmm. You can't do percentages of a demographic because your sample size is so small, it doesn't make any sense. Right. But I anyway. See that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you wind up getting getting into splitting hairs territory there a little bit. Yeah. But, well, but you I'm, do. I mean, yeah, I mean, they did break for... But in for terms Democrats, of available but, voters right. in that demographic and percentage who actually voted, right. it's no different now than it was in 18. Gotcha. Interesting. Got very yeah. interesting. Yeah, I thought so, too. All right. It's the trifecta top three stories of the day uh, with Scott Robbins, and we're all yep. the way down to number one. Yeah, we are. You said Hillary Clinton chose a nice picture for her Veterans Day post. Well, it is Veterans Day across the country, and, you know, Hillary, she chimed in today. She said, to our veterans, you have the thanks of a grateful nation. We appreciate all that you and your families do to serve your country. With that, Hillary posted a picture of herself with military. Now, the posted picture was from 1996, her trip to Bosnia, where she flat out lied and said she landed under sniper fire, if you recall. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. She wanted to remind us all, I guess, that she was there and uh, yeah. was sniper fired at. I thought that was an interesting choice for <laughs> Veterans Day for her to choose. Of course, it's the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Again, right, wrong, the, the fork in the road. Hillary's always going to go the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, always. <laughs> Always. Well, at least, at least she didn't show a picture of the private military contractor she hired to off uh, Jeffrey Epstein. No, did no, no. That would be. No. Yeah, you don't want that picture. Oh, there. come on! I I know there are some people yeah, already. I, Hillary uh, Clinton did you remain? No, I, I know, I know. Hillary Clinton. Burp, 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 burp. Hillary Clinton did not have Jeffrey Epstein killed. We all know that was the Queen of England. God rest right. her soul. Okay. <laughs> Golly, you people. I, I do have some sense of reality, okay? David Van Camper, conspiracy theory about the Queen. <laughs> well, not, not a conspiracy theory if it's true. <laughs> All right, we got a news update on the way. Also, Nimrod's in the news. This is the Markley Van Camper Robin Show. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. Thank you so much for being here. You know, uh, we, we really need to stop a moment and think about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez again, Scott. Did you oh, know no. she's in fear? Of what? All the time for her personal oh. safety. Oh, God. Are we doing this again? Yeah, we're, we're, we're doing this again. Okay. He did an interview with CNN with uh, Chris Wallace, the angry Okay. I always wonder what happened to him. Yeah, well, he went to CNN, where all go. failures go. That's where you go uh, to die. Yeah. Yeah, here, here's AOC. I felt that my life has been in danger since the moment that um, I won my primary election in 2018. And I, it, it became especially intensified when I was first... Uh, brought into Congress uh, in 2019. Does it mean as you walk down the street, as you go about your life, that you, this is something on your mind, that you 
Or looking over your shoulder. Yeah. What does it mean? It means when I wake up in the morning, I hesitate to walk my dog. It means when I come home, um, I have to ask my fiance to come out to where my car is to walk me to just from my car to my front door. Yeah, I, I've seen her fiance, and yeah. I, he's not much of a threat. I, I would no. feel nervous too if I lived in New York. Yeah. Um, well, you know, you, know, you could. You could stop that by resigning. Well, I, I, I mean, if she gets legitimate threats, I mean, that shouldn't cause anybody to resign a position. I mean, I no, no. I mean, you can't let the terrorists win. But at the same time, I don't know. My advice would be carry a gun. A lot of people no. do that. A lot of women are doing that. A lot of women would love that right to do it in New York. She's not going to do that. No, of course she's not. No. I mean, I, I think. One of the things that bothers me about that, and, and certainly, I mean, if she feels unsafe, and she's she's boy who cried wolf, by the way, so I don't all the time. I, I don't know how much of this is an act and how much of this is real. Um, but the thing that frustrates me so much is that when she's promoting things like cashless bail, when she's promoting things uh, like defunding of the police, reallocating resources. There's a lot of people who don't have a national platform who also are scared every day of their lives. And everything that she champions makes them less safe and makes them more scared. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I bristle when I hear that because she's acting like she's the only person in New York City who's afraid when they're going from their car to their apartment or who is worried about what's going to happen when they're walking down the street. Mm-hmm. And she's not. In fact, I mean, if she wants private security, she can have private security. She's got the money for that. Actually, we're paying for it so she can get it. A lot of people don't have that luxury. Nope. The closest thing they have to personal security is their local police department. And you have spent the last several years, AOC, saying that those cops are the enemy. So I, I, I wish that if she is really afraid every single day that somebody's going to do something, I, I hate that for her. I hate that for any elected official and every person out there. But I, I wish that she would take that time to sort of regroup and reflect instead of just trying to make it some sort of political brownie point issue. But that that's, you know, I might as well. I might as well wish yeah. for a million dollars because right. not going to get easy on, on that one. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, time for Nimrods in the news. Here we go. When the going gets tough. Damn it! This is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley Van Camp and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. Nimrods in the news. These are man. Th- this just ticks you off. You got a national nationwide baby formula shortage that's still going on. Three Romanian women were recently arrested arrested in northern Utah in connection with a theft ring. They were caught stealing thousands of dollars worth of formula. They have been charged with retail theft. That's just that. Yeah. That's that's more like Richards in the news, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is the Markley Van Gaver Robinson.